From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 182, and today I'm joined by one of Canada's top comedy television writers and producers, Kurt Smeaton. If there's a good show out there in Canada, Kurt has written on it. Where do I start? Mr. D, Young Drunk Punk, What Would Sal Do, The Beaverton, Kim's Convenience, a show I worked on, Cavendish, and last but certainly not least, Kurt just won an Emmy for his work on Schitt's Creek. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. All right, so we're sitting down via isolation and watching The Omen. I'm Jeremy. I have not seen this film. My name is Kurt Smeaton. I have not seen this film. That's right, and this is your pick. So now here's the thing, and I don't want to ruin anything if you don't know. I literally knew nothing about this film other than the genre until I went to like click and do, I rented it through iTunes. And, uh, and I didn't look at the synopsis or anything, but I did see like a cast member and the director, which I did not know. And it sort of blew my mind. So if you don't know that information, I won't say anything. But what do you know about this I, movie? I know that I know that there's an an antichrist, or there there's some concern that there's a child who's the antichrist, which is going to be great for us because we can like we've got kids. Yeah, there, there might be some signs that we got to look out for, you know, in case one of our kids is the antichrist. I remember one time waking up, and we were at our farm in the middle of the night. I just heard heavy breathing, and my son was like three or four at the time, and she's like. <sighs> and I and I open my eyes and he's standing beside me. It's like three in the morning, maybe. And he's just staring at me and goes, ah, brains. I was like, what are you what are you doing? And he wouldn't stop. I'm like, buddy, what are you doing? And he kept on saying brains over and over again. I was like, why are you doing this? Please stop doing this. Stop with your it scared the fuck out of me because his, his commitment to it was impressive. Kids are, I mean, that's one thing that horror movies sort of figured out is that kids are creepy they're weirdos and they're unpredictable and they're scary in the way that monsters can never be yeah it's 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 equivalent to me for like my my least favorite horror genre because it truly terrifies me is like the home invasion genre especially when it's like the characters like the bad guys are just evil there's no reason for why they're doing it to the people they're just doing it and i'm like that's like kids you have children they're rational beings you cannot Sometimes rationalize, it doesn't matter what you say to them, it doesn't matter what you offer them, they don't give a shit. They're just going to act the way they act. Yeah, and they're, and they're just, I can't stress this enough, they're so weird. They're just, their brains are not done yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> so. And just they, when you think they are, they prove to you they're still not done yet. Yeah, I mean, I, but I remember being a kid, and did you watch horror movies when you were a kid at all? 
Oh yeah. Like, like my parents, uh, we're around the same age. So I'm, I'm sure we had a similar childhood in the eighties where our parents just like, they loved us, but they just kind of like put the blindfolds on and just didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to what we were consuming. I think. Oh, my dad took me to movies <laughs> when I should not have gone. Like he, I remember seeing Pumpkinhead in the theaters and it, it changed me. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was different after that movie. I and, was so theater, scared. And theater change didn't give a shit if, if their parents took kids to inappropriate movies. No. Yeah. If, if their parents there, that's like, yeah, it's your, whatever, go ahead. So I, 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 my dad loved scary movies, loved horror movies, loved, uh, you know, thra- uh, thrasher movies, slasher movies, whatever they're called, <laughs> Atlanta thrasher movies. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I saw a bunch of them way too young, but I love them. I still to this day love them. And I, I was surprised when I was looking at horror movies that I, I was like, oh, this one I knew about as a kid, The Omen, I heard about it, it was legendary, but I, I had never seen it. Yeah, Sam, I didn't have quite, I had a cousin who like tortured me with uh, like fear of Jason and Freddy coming after me. And so for a while I was not into trying out horror movies. I was probably like early teens before I really got into it because she literally scarred me. Uh, Let's just say when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, I guess it's possible that a guy could just try to kill me, like chase me with an ax for a weekend. (laughs) Anything's possible. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Is it what adults do? I guess so. They, they believe a fat man comes around once a year and gives you presents just for being nice. So why couldn't someone else just come along with an axe and, and kill you for being naughty or not for any reason at all? Yeah, just some sort of karmic balance. You know, there's Santa Claus, but there's also Freddy This guy. Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know the what? movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some sort of like reckoning of like, yeah, we well, got the Easter Bunny, but... There's another yeah. guy. You have to spin. Oh, it's like, it's like Cabin in the Woods. You have to spin the wheel. Yeah. It's like, it could... It, <laughs> <laughs> like all the all the um all the good things are put it's like one day of the year it might be easter it might be christmas or it might be the purge <laughs> that's the next that's the sequel to cabin in the woods i want to see next mm-hmm. you just have to do that yeah so it could be the best day of your life or really really bad and you could survive the really bad one but not likely yeah and it's like it's almost like christmas isn't worth it well, they kind of made that with what was the, the that Santa Claus movie? Claus is it called Klaus? Claus? What's that horror Christmas movie where Santa Claus like like the the dark Santa Claus? Yeah, I remember Adam Scott was in it. Um, I just saw it for the first time like a year or two ago. Ken Cooper's is out there cursing me because he he's the one that made sure I watched it. Anyway, it's great. And uh, and nerds on the internet listening, please uh, shout at us on Twitter and remind me of the name of the movie. But uh, anyway, Adam Scott, horror Christmas comedy. It's fantastic. Can't remember the name off the top of my head, and I'm too lazy to look it up. That's the truth of the matter. <laughs> um, so, you, so you don't know the director of this movie? I don't know. I don't know anything. I won't ruin it for you, even though you're going to find out probably within like a minute or two of starting to watch. I'm assuming there's going to be an opening credit crawl. But uh, I was generally shocked, and I wish I hadn't known, but I was genuinely shocked, and we'll discuss it after, the, the lead actor and director of this film. It did not match up my expectations of, like, what I thought this movie would be, knowing, like, very little, but just based on, like, that child imagery and the horror and, like, the word omen, I'm like, I'm sure there's an occult thing. Possession is probably in the mix. It was, like, 74, I think, this movie came out, so... We're in and around The Exorcist and all those other movies that are happening this time. Man, I'm so curious to find out. Who, like, was it, is it George Lucas? <laughs> Here's the thing. It's not George Lucas, <laughs> but it's in that kind of vein where you're like, huh. 
Okay. You don't necessarily and, and it, it strike that person. I mean, I can tell you if you want me to tell you. No, I want to find out. I want to. Okay. I want to find out. We'll talk about it after. It's I'm, the kind of person that you're like. Yeah, I'm sure you could do that genre, but I'm I'm now wondering what the tone is going to be, knowing now what I know. Huh. Uh, okay. And it also makes me go. Now I think this director has done every genre. Um, I'm so curious. I can't wait. To really, I'm setting it up big time for you. Hopefully, there's an opening credit sequence. You know the way till the end. <laughs> I'll just get on my phone. I'm going to hop on my phone. No, and find promise out. me if there's no opening credit sequence, you'll wait. Okay. All right. It's like, I it's like the big reveal. <laughs> That's going to be the biggest scare of the, of the whole night. Because it's then I'll be, curi- I'll be curious if just watching the movie, you get any sense of it or if it'll be even a bigger surprise when you get to the end of it. Yeah, you can, be, you can be our litmus test because I'm ruined for it now. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll, I will stay... Uh, Pure. Unpolluted. I'll stay pure nice. <laughs> as long as All I right. can. So we're both in a good position. We know like the bare ass minimum about this movie going into it. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm. I'm. It's every turn is good. I don't. I can't even think of a single frame of this movie. I can't. Like I know nothing of what it looks like. No. Like Poltergeist was another one that I came to. I watched through this podcast last year, I think. And again, like I, I knew that imagery of like the TV and the kid. Yeah. But I was like, that's all I had. And again, another creepy. Is like, again, is like, that was like the early '80s, but still, it's like let's mine the creepy kid genre. Yeah, I, that's another movie I watched when I was like eight, and it just—it <laughs> <laughs> was a bad choice. I shouldn't have. My, but from my parents, they shouldn't have let me watch that. I insisted, but still, they should have known better. Um, yeah. All right, man. Let's. I'm so excited. Well, let's dive in. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so we just finished. Woo! Just finished, and? That is um, an intense final 20 minutes where you really believe that Gregory Peck's going to murder a child. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing leads up to you rooting for a man murdering a child. Yeah, you really want, you're like, you, yeah, he's, he's got the birthmark on his scalp. You got to... Stab yeah. that child in a church. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty convincing, the birthmark. Did he have to do it in the church? Was he told that? I was trying Hall- to Hallowed ground. Had to be hallowed ground. Otherwise, the soul would transfer somewhere else? Or? Well, they didn't get into that. Okay. I mean, listen, it's all, it's all some, some pretty QAnon shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's what I really dug about it. And I was looking into, into this, like what I really liked about this compared to a lot of other um, movies about devils and exorcists and whatnot. I really liked, and apparently this was Richard Donner. uh, We'll talk about Richard Donner in a minute. Yeah. We got to talk about Richard Donner. But um, apparently it was his request when he was going through the script going, he insisted that every single supernatural reference get removed. And he said that everything that happens in the movie has to, be possible to happen in real life right because what he really wanted to do is create this sense of which is what i think we were going through in the final act is is this man going crazy is this child actually the devil or has he just gone too far uh is all this just a coincidence and the man is losing his mind i mean there are a couple little tips of the hat like that nanny is pretty fucking creepy i mean he sure she straight up murders the the wife. Uh, 
But yeah. the, but the end, in theory, she's protecting a child. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, like just even the hiring of that nanny, like when she arrives, they're like, "I thought you hired her." No, I thought you hired her. And then they go up, and she's like, "The agency sent me." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, yes, go meet our child by yourself." <laughs> I I mean, the decisions that were made in this movie were in like infuriating and then by the end you're like it all comes all the it all comes home to roost you know <laughs> uh it was unbelievable you know that that nurse also amazing cast like she was terrible she was the scariest part of the movie or the what, apparently the first version of that nurse was like or, or nanny was a very jovial which might have been creepier if she was still that way. Like, you know what I mean? There, there was another way to do that, that you can still remain creepy. But yeah, she, she fit the bill. Is it a fair argument to say these people are not good parents? They're terrible parents. I mean, look, <laughs> first of all, I mean, let's start right from the birth where the child dies and Gregory Peck doesn't tell his wife. <laughs> Makes a decision. I know I'll, I'll, I'll swap out a baby. Yeah. And, uh, he, I mean, that's the original sin. That, that's the sin he creates in this movie that makes him have to pay for it, right, I guess. I, I, well, I don't know, because, I mean, that, that uh, priest or whatever, the guy was making a pretty hard sale on it. Like, he was really pushing for him to, like, look, it even kind of looks like you. Like it's the, it'll be a blessing for your wife to not know that her child dies. <laughs> because for some reason, the hospital said nothing. No, and then later... At when he digs up the grave and sees the just the bones of the child sitting there, Ooh. no, no coffin. Apparently, the uh, it was the baby was just thrown in. Yeah, you uh, dig a square pit and then you put a stone tablet <laughs> over top of it, and then that's. Uh, yeah, he didn't dig up dirt. It was literally just that that thing was really exposed to the elements. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but he said then that it's like the child was murdered. Well, there was a, I, I don't know if it was, um, it j- just meant to look like decay, but it looks like there was a hole in the skull, which was gruesome. Yeah. That's, but, what, that's what I read. I was like, oh, they like bashed this baby's head in. Uh, see, I saw that and I'm like, there's something up with the skull, but it's like, was that just a birth defect, which is part of the reason the baby died? But yeah, I get no. I get no. I think you're right. Given what he was screaming at the graveyard. Listen, this movie wants you to think about babies dying. That is the they want you to really at every turn. And then when you do that, they want you to start thinking about murdering children. (laughs) Yeah, creepy. I mean, creepy kids, arguably so. Sure. I mean, and then I I was also thinking, you know, what uh, what an insert uh, international incident that was. Like what that would be all over the tabloids. That'd be a a political nightmare to deal with. Uh, Our ambassador's wife was fell out of a hospital window. And then the ambassador was found in a church trying to murder his son. (laughs) So he was shot to death. And now the president's going to raise that baby. That's the illusion. Apparently I had to know. So I looked up the sequels because there's a couple of them. Oh. And the second one is that he goes to the kid goes to live with his aunt and uncle in Chicago. Okay. So not the president, although the president probably arranges it, one would assume. So the ambassador's brother then or or yeah. Catherine's Catherine's brother? The sister. ambassador's brother that they have the same last name. And it's okay. um who is Holden um It's a big actor that plays uh plays him 
plays the uncle in the sequel. Um, oh, God. I just had it up here. Oh, here it is. Uh, William Holden. Oh, wow. And then the third film. There's an Omen 3. Uh, about Damien. <laughs> spoiler alert. Damien never dies. Uh, oh, man. Is uh, Damien as an adult played by Sam Neill where he is like in political office and is about to like, and and is now fully aware that he is the antichrist and and coming into his full power. And also uh, discovers that apparently the second coming of Christ has been born. And so he, his job is to murder it before it can get powerful enough to uh, take him out. So again, what the third one does is I'd like to think is return to its roots of getting us to root for a dead child. Yeah. yeah, let's get back to basics here. We took a bit of a detour in part two. Let's go back to the what made this series famous and get infanticide in the audience's brains. And not only root for you to kill a baby, but to kill baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah, an entire, you know, two hours dedicated to the plotting of a, of a political, you know, elite person trying to kill a baby. Yeah, as my son said earlier today, he's like, I guess good sequels escalate story. Hey, daddy. I'm like, yes, son. That is what good sequels do. They don't just recycle. He's like. That's, uh, I mean, he could do a TED Talk on uh, screenwriting then. Yeah, he would do better than like 90% of screenwriters out there just by knowing that. Well, listen, do you, do you think that like this movie, when it was released, what, 1976? Somewhere. Let me just, yeah. 75? Something like that. Um, do you think like uh, it had a, a, a more impactful, was it more impactful then? Because I don't know, or I, I just felt like if you were a religious person in, in, the, in, a, in a more religious world, like that, that would be a scarier movie maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm not Catholic. I don't, I don't know how. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because it's not like we're used to movies that are far more like they do creepier stuff with like heads turning around and just uh, prosthetics and whatnot on faces and like elongated. So I'm what I liked about this and this kind of era of horror is just way more psychological Um, and and getting into your head with just like simple imagery that's kind of grounded in reality, which is what Donner was going for. Although the sequels, I guess, obliterate that. They're like, no, he is the Antichrist. There's no question about it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why there's a sequel. Yeah, screw you, Richard Donner. We're, we're just going to confirm it here. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, it's just a sequel about a boy. A boy yeah. who, yeah. So I, I, I would imagine, I mean, definitely, you know, uh, North America, America in particular, is probably more outwardly religious at this point. You know, and that's why movies like this, horror movies like this, where you're dealing with, you know, Jesus and the devil are more uh, universal because there is more, like, like to, for my kid to watch this now, we would have to, like, explain about religion because they don't really get it. We're not religious family at dinner tonight uh my children were asking about you know who's jesus's parents like he's his dad is god but how did that how did he get his mom pregnant and we're like well there's the story so we told told our kids about the virgin mary and my son was like so wait did did god have consent or did he rape mary i was like (laughs) yeah Uh, i mean he, he that's a that's for sure a rape 
I, I put I put well I did that said I did post a question on Facebook and some some friends did let me know that there is a Bible verse in which God apparently gets consent from Mary and she's like I am your servant do whatever you need to do so in theory consent was granted yeah but I mean God's in a position of authority I don't think you can, you know that's it's not, the Louis C K thing all over again who's going to say yeah. no to God you yeah know, it you doesn't make it right did he yeah. did, was it enthusiastic consent I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I, I I would definitely characterize that as an assault on on poor Mary. But I I, I agree. Like it, it, it's just not the sort of the tenements the tenets of of uh, Catholicism just aren't necessarily in the zeitgeist as much. No, and so I think definitely this is like the era of that because the Exorcist is right around this uh, just after I think right. It was like the late seventies. Early '80s, I think. I want to say. I found. I, how did? How do you think they compare? Like, I found The Exorcist more disturbing. Oh, it is because just the imagery, like that whole like the, that spider thing and her going down the stairs. I remember when the first time I saw that, I was just like, I, "That's going to be in my head for a long time." And, and or even just the, even the first time you see that demon, see that that just sort of looks that white makeup sort of demon just sort of looks up at that. I found that really chilling. Yeah, this is definitely more trying to get into your head, and but I did appreciate that. I appreciated like the the grounded nuance of it, um, and especially. So let's get into like first of all, Richard Donner. Um, wow, and then Gregory Peck. What a career! But, right, I mean what a, what, that, that that is <laughs> like Goonies. That you were saying the Lethal Weapon movies, Superman, Superman. Uh, that is a that is straddling a lot of. Uh, a lot of genre, covering and, a lot of ground. And doing them pretty well. He uh, directed The Little Mermaid. No, he didn't. I didn't know that. I'd like to believe that's true and he didn't get credit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to start he, that rumor right now. He goes directed The Little Mermaid. Um, yeah, I, the, I, I was surprised. And I was also, I was surprised by Gregory Peck because I think, you know, we we always consider these kinds of movies to have sort of a B quality to them, you know, sometimes. And to have an actor of Gregory Peck's caliber, although it, it is kind of odd. You know, he's, he's like 60 when he shot this movie. Yeah. I was reading up on that because I was curious about it. And, and that's just, so like Peck signing on totally validated the project and made it like, it, it turned up on people's radar and he came out of retirement to do it for, way below his usual rate because this movie was made for 2.8 million dollars at the time and so peck got paid like i think it was a quarter million dollars and then 10 percent of the back end in which he made like 60 million in the end because the movie was a huge hit whoa so he made that kind of money imagine with this 2.8 million or maybe the movie made 60 million dollars and he got 10 percent of that either way he 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 did fine. He did just peck eight after this. But the reason it said that he accepted this, and I didn't know this about Peck's backstory, was that he accepted the role because he had this guilt, this tortured guilt over the fact that he was kind of an absentee father when his son committed suicide. And so he had like these unresolved feelings about being a shitty parent that he wanted to like deal with through this role. Well, I mean, 
that's so dark. And I, right. I don't know how well he did with that. He was a shitty parent in the movie too. <laughs> but I think he was aware of that. He's like, Oh, I want to play a shitty parent to like pay penance for how I feel in real life. Well, he, he, there, I mean, there are some real moments of, uh, of emotion from him. Like he's really, it's a very emotive performance. And especially with that scene we were talking about where he sees the, the little skeleton in the hole in the ground in that graveyard in Italy. Right before he abandons that other guy to the dogs. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, this is how that guy dies. Because it's like, we know he's going to die. I'm like, okay, yeah, ripped apart by dogs. But no, he gets out. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that scene where he says murdered, and he says, my son's murdered. Like, he really, they really took some time, took a moment with that moment. Like, he really, yeah. you know, he got into it and was upset. So that that's interesting backstory. That is, that is a crazy thing to connect to in this movie. Yeah. Uh, you want to know who turned down the part before they offered it to Peck and he always yeah. regretted it. Who was it? Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm just seeing so much more slapstick. I don't know, but here it would have been interesting because he, you're just seeing how the rest of the movie played out. I bet you Donna would have wanted him playing it straight, you know? Oh, yeah, so of course. <laughs> it would have been, but seeing that would be, I'd love to see like the way we have the Eric Stoltz like stills and like a couple scenes from Back to the Future, the original. I want to see that version, the, the, uh, just a scene or two. I want to see the murder scene. I want to see the, <laughs> the opening yeah. scene. Give me those two scenes with Dick Van Dyke in them, and, uh, and I'm happy. Oh man, uh, there's a really funny moment. Well, not funny, but like there's there's a <laughs> so that opening sequence, which is fantastic. It's not the opening sequence, but the birthday party where the first uh, nanny hangs herself and says, "This is for you. This is for you, Damien. It's all for you. It's all for you." It's an awful. It's incredible. Like nice. So shocking. So shocking. And then there's all these scenes of like people holding like children to avert their eyes from this awful scene. And there's this one image of like a clown doing it. And oh. I honestly, <laughs> that was the scariest image. In the movie. It's a, it's a, you know what I love protecting a kid. Yeah. The thing that I loved, there's one little detail that I loved in that sequence where there's, they're like in, there's a merry-go-round in the foreground of them. Yeah. And all the kids are looking in that direction. So it's like whoever like was directing the background kids did a great job because like they're on it and looking terrified. So I don't know what they told those kids to look at or were showing them to make them react that way. But good job, uh, you know, whoever was directing the children in that scene. Well, even Damien, we should talk about Damien. I thought that kid was great. You know, he didn't have much to do, but I, I thought like his little smirks and his his freak out when they went to the, the church and the wedding. I thought yeah. All that, yeah. I thought that was really good. So apparently yeah, Harvey Stevens, I think was the kid's name. Apparently yeah. that was the audition scene that they made kids do it was like the freak out to see how they would, they would do it. And that kid got the part because when he, cause Richard Donner would tell the kids to come at him and that kid scratched the fuck out of his face and kicked him in the balls. Well, that is, I mean, that and never got, worked for me in an audition, but. <laughs> and apparently Donner was like, dye that kid's hair black and get him on set. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, he apparently that the kid actor is is I don't know if he has a cameo, but he's in the 2006 remake. Oh, fun! Yeah, maybe he's the clown that averts the kid. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. That would be a good role. That would work really, really well. Uh, the other scene, where else did I read? That was oh, uh, Rottweilers went up in popularity after this movie. They went up in popularity. Up. Wow, because nothing made me not want a Rottweiler more <laughs> than, than the many attacks and vicious growls from Rottweilers in this movie. And I can't Jeff, believe people were like, America was like, more of these. Let's bring one of these into our home. Well, in theory, because of how the Rottweilers were acting, it, you know that Satan's around if the Rottweilers are acting funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, so you're saying it was like a smoke detector, but for the devil. That's Kinda why like, people. Yeah, like maybe it's like that argument where it's like when people are like, well, I don't want to live on a street where a known pedophile lives. I'm like, well, but at least you know where they are. Right. <laughs> so it's like, this way I know where the Rottweiler is. It's in our house. Or, or the Satan. It's like, well, just or, <laughs> when I go that way, the Rottweiler gets upset. I won't go that way. That's true. I mean, then you're just like, your life is being run by a dog. And, yeah, know. as long as you weren't trying to actively like harm or kill Damien, he, he was okay with you. He was fine. He was fine with you. And in fact, like, it was really that, uh, what, what, do they, what do they call them? What was the uh, word for the nurses, the nannies? They had a, it was a great title, a very British sort of title. Anyway, whatever, whatever they were called, she was doing all the all the bad stuff. She was, she opened the door for Damien to tricycle his mom off the railing. <laughs> that, was a, that scene was great. Apparently um, Richard Donner refused to let goldfish be killed for the movie. So they painted sar- dead sardines gold or orange or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fun little detail. He didn't want to, he didn't want anything to die in this. Yeah. Although apparently there was all these, uh, there was like this omen curse going around the set where like a bunch of people were almost struck by lightning. Gregory Peck chartered this plane and then canceled the last minute and then someone else chartered it and the fucking thing went dead and killed everyone on it. No. Well, uh, just, there's all that lightning and that lightning plays a big. Uh, right. And then uh, Richard Donner's hotel he was staying at was bombed by the IRA. While they were shooting and someone did like someone in the effects department, whether it was during this movie or just after this movie was decapitated. Wow. Like on a set of another movie, I think it said, but anyway, there was this like this whole thing where people were like, there was a, and someone was in a car accident too. There was this, like, there was a number of weird things going on in and around the production of this movie that people well, were on edge. Isn't there a whole series of movies? Like isn't poltergeist have that sort of curse as well? You know, weren't there a bunch of people who worked on that movie? died in weird ways i don't know i might be making that up it might be a could we also just say that probably there's most of these stories with most movies of people being irresponsible on movies and getting hurt and would they just attribute these now to horror films because it's, it's yeah. easier than blaming like just poor business practices yeah let's trade the, what what movie did that guy work on last that's that fault yeah exactly Exactly. That scene, the, the, uh, I was looking up how they did that, the baboon scene at the zoo. when they're Yeah, all right, because they, they, they literally drove away with a bunch of baboons on that car. Yeah, so they, got, they worked with the zoo to do that, 
and uh, they were trying to get the baboons to freak out. And so what the, the trainer did was they stole one of the baby baboons and put it in the backseat of the car. <laughs> so so you didn't want to hurt any goldfish. We're going, we're going back to babies. Harming babies is okay in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. I don't want to hurt a single goldfish, but let's traumatize this troop of baboons. The baboons did not give a shit about a baby being taken from them. Again, right with the theme of people not giving a shit about children in these movies. Great. So they went and they took the head baboon, like the leader baboon, and put them in the backseat. And then they lost their fucking minds. And apparently those shots of like the kid and the, the actress who played the mom in the car, like freaking out, those are legit. Like they, they weren't even, yeah. like, there was no directing going on in that scene. That's just her. Because I guess that, like, that's the velocity they went after that car. They were they it, and it was it was scary like i was like they would not they this would all be cgi like i was i was i couldn't believe that scene that's the, the magic of watching that scene now you go that's all real whatever they did to those animals to, to torment them like that that's real they're really mad but like you know like you got to picture that they, they do that and then the film crew leaves but the people in the zoo got to feed those baboons <laughs> the next day. Like, those baboons are never going to trust them again. The guy that took their leader and put it in the backseat of a car, he's yeah. in charge of them. That guy probably got his ass kicked the next time. Yeah. Those, they're like, they, they, like, the film was like, thank you so much. They had a great day at the zoo. We chased some giraffes and the baboons went nuts. Thank you so much. And then those, those handlers... They got the shit bit out of them by some angry baboons. Yeah. I want to re- listen to the commentary track with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it was also, uh, I think, you know, when, when Kathy starts first figuring out that something's wrong is when those giraffes book it away from them. And like Damien sort of staring down the giraffes, the giraffes chewing, and then they all book it off. And she... I mean, it's it's weird because he always knows, Gregory Peck's character always knows, and Kathy sort of like slowly finds out and thinks that she's going crazy, and he still doesn't say anything. Like, your wife's going nuts. Like, I don't feel like this is my baby. I feel like something's wrong, and he yeah, still he never tells nothing. her, does he? He never tells Ooh. her. He never tells her. The closest he gets that you think maybe he'll say something is right before she dies, and he's like, get... I'm sending some guy over, go get, you're coming to Rome, come to me right now. And like when he makes that phone call, I, and he says, listen, you got to listen to me. I thought he was going to say, Damien's not our baby. You're right. Like I did, I did a swapsie. <laughs> My bad. My bad. <laughs> I should have told you, but he doesn't, he never tells her. And she's like, she goes insane thinking that, you know, she, she feels so guilty. That, I mean, that is a really, abu- not only is he a bad father, he's a terrible husband. <laughs> so she dies thinking her, like, she birthed, like, an evil child that... Well, yeah. Or, or who knows what she thinks because, like, the nurse, you know, the last thing she sees is the, the nanny come in and toss her out a window. Yeah. Where, as it were, like, a week earlier or less, her child, like drove the tricycle right into her and knocked her the fuck off that balcony. The way she was lying after she Ooh. fell, her neck, I'm like, she just broke her neck. I was kind yeah. of shocked, shocked that she was still alive. Yeah, when the doctor's like, she'll, she'll be fine. I was like, what? <laughs> How? <laughs> wow. She's, 
what a little, and, you know, flexible woman. Also, that doctor needs to work on his his uh, bedside manner. The way he told <laughs> told uh, Jerry Peck that the baby was dead was not nice. <laughs> yeah, she can have another one. What's your problem? <laughs> Right? She's like, oh, and some internal bleeding is like, well, she's pregnant. It's like, uh, no, actually, she's not. <laughs> yes. Hey, everyone, who thinks they're tra- everyone who thinks their wife is still pregnant, step forward. You, sir, hold that, hold off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, keeping with the theme of babies. Well, did you notice this thing, though? The, the constant interruption by bells, like the, the phone ringing or the, or the doorbell going, or no. when they're, they, were, they were talking. Anytime he's about to... Even like when he's he goes into the room after his after Kathy falls and is in the hospital, and he goes into the room and the dog's there. And he's like he thought he got rid of the dog. The dog's there. He's going to talk to his son or whatever. He's pulled out because the phone's ringing. The phone's always ringing. And then when he goes to meet that old uh, monk in the monastery, that the guy who sold him the <laughs> adopted the baby for him. He's interrupted by the church bells, right? They're interrupted by the church bells. Yep. There's, there, there's always bells interrupting. I don't know what that's about, but I noticed it, and I feel very smart for doing that. Yeah. Can't decode it, but, you know, we know it's there. I know it's a thing that happened a bunch in the movie. Oh, I like that. I didn't – yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't pick up on it, but, that, but I know exactly what you're talking about now. Now I remember all of those moments. Yeah, there's just there's so many times he's about to de- – his train of thought or is he's about to discover something and if the phone starts ringing, he has to leave divine intervention or something in a way. Yeah. I don't know because I mean, I guess in the last time he's not really being interrupted the, uh, cause it, the, the bells are ringing when the guy's writing, you know, what he writes on the bottom of with that, that black chalk or whatever, on the, <laughs> the paint on the bottom on the, the monastery floor. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Anyway, I, I just noticed Bell's interrupting a lot. That's interesting. So, sorry and to bring I, that up. I have zero theories about that. So do you feel like now, even though I've somewhat spoiled, I think, uh, do you feel now like you will you will dive into the Omen 2 and or 3 at some point? I don't know. Like, I, I wanted this. This movie was so legendary as a kid. Like, it, it's entered into the public consciousness of the, the, the name Damien was forever ruined. And like, you know, da, the, the name Damien always meant something as a kid, you know, like I was, yeah. And, he, was, yeah. and when that came up, I was like, Oh, what a cliche to call him Damien. I was like, Oh no, this is the movie that invented that. <laughs> yeah, this is the, yeah, this is why we, and even like six, 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 like they had to explain what six, six, six was. And I was like, yeah, we all know because yeah. of this Mark movie. Of the beast because of this movie. Yeah. But I, I, I think, um, you know, I I'd held this movie in such a special place that it didn't quite live up to it for me. You know, it was mm-hmm. as, as one of those sort of uh, very famous and important seminal works of of the genre. I just wasn't really super into it. So I don't know that. I mean, if it was on, I'd probably sit back and mm-hmm. you know seek it out. Yeah, I'm the same. Like I, I'm glad I watched it, but yeah. it was, but it didn't blow me away. It, it kind of felt like oh. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought would happen. Outside of the like, rooting for child murder, which I guess <laughs> is kind of where you have to go with a movie like this. But where did, where, like, that kid, uh, that little actor saying daddy at the end when he's got a knife up and he says, daddy, no, daddy, don't. I was like, I felt sick. I, I really had a visceral reaction to that. 
Well, the kid doesn't know that he's the Antichrist, does he? <laughs> no. But it's told him, Daddy, don't. Daddy, don't stab me. <laughs> you know, like, oh, that was yeah. hard. I, I really, I was like, am I going to watch Greg? I mean, there's no way they filmed Gregory Peck stabbing a child. Alternate ending? <laughs> uh, yeah. We uh, screened the ending where Peck murders the fuck out of that child. It did not screen well. They, yeah. they much preferred it where he leaves with the president of the United States. That's what the audiences <laughs> wanted to see, the Antichrist hand-in-hand hand with the president of the United States. And congratulations, here in 2020, we have that. Oh, my God. His name is I, Pence. I, I, I couldn't, you know, I really was like, uh, it, it, that was the one part where I was like, oh, they're really trying to say something here. Uh, he goes up through, and, and it kind of was prescient in that way. <laughs> Yeah, and then they, they just cut to that the the gun that goes a, a slow motion bullet. They go stop motion bullet for a second, and then funeral. Yeah. Now for a second, yes. Did you I know think? You're say, yes, that? I did. That there that the both the bullet hit both the son and the father. Yeah, the double ghost. The two the two coffins. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I guess it's the wife because it all happened within. Was it all the same night? Well, he was in. I mean. No, he was in Rome. Yeah. I guess the uh, flight from Rome to London could be pretty pretty quick, I guess. It was, and it was within a day or two. They wouldn't have buried the wife. Yeah, they didn't ever bury the wife, so. Yeah. Uh, but it did take me a second. But then because I knew that there were sequels, I'm like, I feel like Damien doesn't die. <laughs> or he got, tra- or the soul transfers to something else. Yeah, yeah. Is the Which, only other thing I could think of. Sort of a classic. What, what did you think? Like, I there was, you know, so, some moments of real slow, you know, 70s cinema. It was beautiful to watch. Uh, the lighting was beautiful. It was really well shot. But then there was like some of the action moments, the death sequences, which were always so chaotic and like lots of slow motion and always to do with falling. Like uh, she fell into the ambulance, you know, which was a crazy, like she fell through the roof of the ambulance, Kathy did. Mm-hmm. And then the woman at the beginning falls. Uh, the priest, the spike falls through him. It's something coming from above. And even the photographer, his photographer friend, who would let get bit by all the dogs, uh, it, the truck came from above and like smashed his head, does all those rotations uh, and falls Great. to the ground. But like, all the death sequences were really like sort of they slow and from above and... My theory on that, having been raised Catholic, would be like the fallen angel, the descent from heaven to hell. Yeah, because they all said they're going to hell. You know, the, 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 that one priest is like, take, take communion every day, drink, drink his blood, eat his flesh every day. And no yeah. one did that. Great. Like, here's, here's the thing. Do you think in this movie, is Gregory, is Gregory Peck's character religious at all? They don't really allude to it. Do they? No, kinda, he doesn't he, seem to be like, they're going to church that one time, but it's for a wedding. Once, and the kid loses his mind. And it's, for, it's not even for church, it's for they're going to a wedding. Yeah, but he can't step foot in a church, which, here's the other thing too, it's like, so does this, like, do five years pass in the life of this child, and he's just like, totally nap, normal, happy kid, dogs aren't barking around, he's not scaring off giraffes. And then all of a sudden, just one day, like, click, he, like, it's like, you know, the owl arrives from Hogwarts with a letter going, by the way, you're a wizard. 
like all of a sudden yeah. does it just turn on like does well, he well there's that weird thing like there was that weird sort of 70s synth noise first when the dog looked at the nanny who hung herself mm. so i don't know what that was all about like the dog made the nanny or the nanny was already sort of in in the cult of satan the only thing that would have made sense for me is if it was when he turned six that it all kicked in. To it, keep was five. With like, it was his fifth birthday, right? It was his fifth. Birthday. That's what I'm saying. Like to keep, but maybe it's his sixth year. You could argue. Oh yeah, right. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's how I'm gonna go because then it's like then you deal. You're into the six six six, right? And and I knew and I always thought of like I guess it's the mark of the beast, but I always thought of it as like just the devil symbol, but I liked how they explained in this, it's like, well, no, each six is like the father, the son and the false prophets. Like that. So it's like, Oh, they have their own Holy Trinity. Well, I see. I, I noticed that too. So there was, and it was what it was, the antichrist, the devil and the false prophet. Yeah. So I didn't, I thought, I mean, for me, the antichrist and the devil always was the same thing, but it's, well, that's like people saying God and Jesus is the same thing, right? That's true. I think they're all the same, right? That's the weird thing. They're all like when you bring them all together, it's like the Infinity Stones, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Now you're talking at a level that I understand. <laughs> See? I, knew how, I know how to explain these things to you, Kurt. <laughs> you got to collect all three, and then you can, you can destroy the Earth. Yeah. And then they, they all come in. Well, I think that's just it. It's like, I think it's like he's the Antichrist, but it's not until he becomes aware of his powers that he becomes the devil. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I went to Catholic school. I didn't do real good at it. <laughs> well, that's that. I mean, that's just it. I, I'd be curious to actually what I might want to watch is uh, the 2006 remake to see if um, if they made it moodier, if it was like what what would they do to update this this kind of movie which in its present form would would not do so well i don't think it, it's not fast moving enough oh for, absolutely i'd be curious what, how, how they deal with the uh you rooting for child murder i'm curious <laughs> if i'm yeah i just figured they'd probably because they don't like you said they don't spend a ton of time with the kid it just feels like everything's conspiring against anyone who has any issue with the kid yeah yeah, they're just they're just trying to protect this kid while the kid's in this devil cocoon, you know, sort of growing and devil cocoon. It's amazing <laughs> to emerge as a beautiful uh, antichrist butterfly. Yeah, I'm gonna say they definitely like. There's gonna be more creepy kid screen time in the movie. There would have to be if if you're gonna if you're gonna they're gonna want to make this kid killable. Like this uh, is for sure a killable kid. Yeah, a higher and more gruesome body count. I would also assume. Yeah, there was a kind of like final destination quality, <laughs> just like just because the photos had like this with those lines, like oh, I know I'm going to die. That photographer knew that it was coming. Um, yeah, he understood. And but yeah, well, that, and that's just and that's what was neat too. Is like it wasn't. I was just watching like this kid set up all these murders. Like they just as soon as anyone was conspiring against them, they were just doomed. Um, it was just like the the world just rallying against them. A lot, a lot of the nanny. <laughs> I mean, that was a lot of it. That, but it was. But also, that priest was killed by essentially a storm. There's just some. It got windy in that park, and he held onto his cross and ran to the you know to the safe haven, the church, and then um, 
you know, than the, the lightning rod. Yeah, that was that moment too. I loved in the the photography room where the photographer pointed out like that streak mm. into his shoulder and was like, and then like a couple of days later, this is like just saying it's weird, right? <laughs> yeah, and then reveals later that he has a picture of himself. Like he doesn't, like he he holds on to it until they go and visit the priest's room, right? That's all covered in Bible verses and. Yeah, and then he says, "I took a picture and I caught myself in the reflection." And check this out. So I, I'm in trouble. And yet he continues because he needs to find the truth. He's, God bless him. You know. Yeah, he's not even like I'm going to beat this thing. He's like, yeah, I'm going to die. I will die at the hands of your child somehow. Uh, but you know, so I'd like to find out what it's all about. Yeah, you know, so first. I don't die for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have some. Yeah, I want to have some closure. Pre-closure hilarious uh what other um big horror movies do you have in your in your black hole category can you think of any um yeah i mean i, I in, in terms of classics uh i don't think that, i think that's the last big classic um but i was i, I have them I, it follows like some of some of the more recent ones that i haven't seen are uh it follows it follows is great I really am excited to see it. I've heard lots of great things. I haven't seen Midsummer yet. Uh, yeah, Midsummer's great too. It's like properly creepy. If you want to just be creeped the fuck out by a movie, Midsummer's great. Yeah, I kind of like that kind of movie. Like I liked The Witch. Like I liked, was it The Witch or just Witch? I think The, the Witch. The, the Witch. I liked that movie a lot. I thought that was really creepy. Um, I you know you know what the last the last I haven't seen Eraserhead. Oh, the Lynch. Yeah, I haven't That's seen Eraserhead. Don't don't be don't uh, be tired when you're watching that movie. It, it it's uh, it's a slow burn. Okay, but it's it's totally worth watching. I don't mind slow burn. I don't mind slow burn. And in fact, I I was happy to go through this slow burn because I love. I love the pacing of this movie and I, it really paid off in that last 20 minutes was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you've got all the, the ingredients of the, of what's going on and, and what's at stake. And it's, they did a, they did a great job. I was, you know, I felt tense. Um, but yeah. And then the last, I, the last silly one is the Babadook. I haven't seen, I haven't seen the Babadook. Babadook, Babadook is, is very appropriately creepy too. It's great. I, really, I haven't seen a lot of like the cheesy um, 80s ones. Like I haven't seen Pumpkinhead or oh, uh, or Hellraiser. Oh yeah, um, and yeah, some of those ones. Yeah. I've did seen a fair. Go ahead. Oh, did you did you have you seen all the like the the big sort of slashery ones from the 80s? Like all the Friday the 13th and all the. I've seen pretty yeah, all of them. I think I've seen all of them now. I definitely I think I've seen all the Jason movies because I wanted a Jason streak at one point. Um, and man, that, that, that guy goes on a journey. He goes all the way to space. <laughs> That's right. He's in space at one point. I mean, you got to find, wait, did you ever see uh, pet cemetery? Yep. Oh yeah. That oh, was... It's super, super wonderfully creepy. Did you see the remake they did like a year or two ago? No, it's fine. Yeah. I didn't need to revisit. I, I'm not interested in revisiting those horror movies. Cause I think there's, that I don't know. I mean, maybe the update is is interesting, but I I, I'm, I just want to see what's 
Yeah. Like I, want, I want to see the It Follows and the Cabin in the Woods, like the, the, the new takes on, on horror movies. It Follows is really smart. It's, um, I mean, because the premise without like ruining anything really is like, what if like you, what if like a horror movie worth like an STD? Yeah, great. In a way. And that's like, there's a really smart modern metaphor that goes along with it that it's just really endearing in that way. Like you're like, this movie's clever. <laughs> I mean, I'm in for a treat. I find like, I love to watch horror movies when I, like everyone's going to bed and I'll go down and turn off all the lights in the basement and watch a movie in the dark by myself. That's, that's the only way I really like to watch a horror movie. But I just, I feel like I, my kids are getting older and they're staying up later. They're going to bed later. And I just, I don't have the endurance. Like I come down and sit down, like I got maybe 40 minutes before I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm looking forward to my, my son's 11. Uh, and so it's, he's getting really close to being able to like watch more and more of these kind of things. Uh, although he could probably he he I'm lucky he does not get scared by anything he he's like he can separate movies from reality really really well oh that's so, good so uh, I think if, if it was up to him he just doesn't do well staying up late uh, and I and my his sister is not the same as him she does get nightmares so it's just going to be a couple of years where he can stay up late enough that he and I can just like watch a movie every night and just burn through a lot of great older movies. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to being able to do that. Like, so, so close, hey, when they get in those early teens, it's like they're still maybe hanging out with you, <laughs> but, like, they can appreciate more of the stuff that you actually like. Yeah, and then there's that fine line where you're like, you could probably watch this right now, but will you appreciate it more if I wait a year or two and you have some, like, I don't know, there's just certain movies you're like, I think you'll get more out of this in a year or two. Yeah, I, 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 and sometimes you just can't revisit stuff. It's just ages out. Like we tried to watch Austin Powers. We thought, oh, maybe the kids would think Austin Powers is funny. And it was just, it really, we had to turn it off because we're like, oh, I forgot how overtly sexual, <laughs> like inappropriately sexual, like really, you know, coming on to women who are not interested. And, uh, <clears throat> but they, they, they found the Dr. Evil stuff really funny, but they just, um, that, that movie's just had its time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we haven't gone back to those with our kids. We uh, we recently re- have been going through because they lo- they've seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and love it. But we re- watched uh, European Vacation. Oof, there's some there's some tough stuff in that movie that is just the you have to go. <laughs> Comedy was in a different place at one point. Yeah. <laughs> you had to put your hands up and go. And yeah, it's not okay. This is not okay. Like, well, especially opened, because, oh, sorry, go ahead. It opens with like a game show where the host, like an older man, is fondling the daughter and Chevy Chase does nothing. Nobody says anything. He's like literally groping her and sexualizing her. And it's the guy that plays the dad in Frasier, I think. And it's terrible. It's so oh god awful. Neither, both parents are just sitting there and like just letting it happen. It's, it's, and, Especially and that, since and, the, the messaging in kids TV now is so good. Like it's the, it, mm-hmm. the it's really, really great. All, all that Netflix, uh, like the, what is it? Kipo and like all the, the, the new She-Ra, like they're all so good. And the messaging is so good. I mean, you, you try and bring back these you know, kids to see some of the old movies you like. And the messaging is really bad. It starts a really great conversation because because the the daughter's storyline I mean it starts off sad with that and then like her whole storyline is literally just her 
worried that her boyfriend is cheating on her. And so she's scared of getting fat. And it's just like, there's nothing, there's nothing about this character that is redeeming now. Or is that is like, is ugh. so, but we had that conversation, like the kids were watching this going, this is not okay. It's like, yes, you're right. None of this is okay. And why is that? So, and just like, so it was good. There's a nice thing that comes out of that is being able, is our kids are very self-aware that of that kind of stuff. So I think I'm like, well, you know, whatever, wherever we have screwed up as parents, we may up for with our kids, at least knowing when things are inappropriate and why, <laughs> as opposed wow. to laughing at it. Yeah, man. It's tough. Any, any final thoughts, bringing it back to the omen? Um, you know, it, it's odd. It's one of these movies. The more I sit away from it, the more I think I actually enjoyed the movie. But, um, you know, in terms of what we were just talking about, it, it doesn't transcend time. It doesn't hold up for me. You know, I mean? there's mm. just too much of a, in fact, it almost works as a period piece where you're just looking at, Oh, those, look at those cool phones and the clothes and the, and the cars. I found myself really into the vibe of the movie and the way people spoke and what they were wearing and the, the houses and stuff like that. But I, the, the plot, I, I, I found it so implausible that parents would sort of be so, um, reckless with their child and um yeah i but i i i don't know i i i liked it and i didn't like it but this is yeah. a bad wrap-up this is a terrible wrap-up that's okay uh, no i'm in the same boat I, I i liked it but i didn't love it i don't know if yeah. i'd ever rewatch it no i liked the vibe but i just it was like this is I, I was in for something more intense i was prepared i got myself up for something a bit more intense and and it was pretty uh soft as as far as a, a horror movie goes it was pretty soft yeah that we're our, there's a bit of that of the fact that we're dead inside that doesn't help sure <laughs> sure but I mean, absolutely I, that is a factor but uh but i i would have to agree i would say that it's like it's very of its time and that's fine because it was right. made for, it was made for that time but it's i think it's a, it'd be a hard thing for modern horion horror audiences to appreciate so i think like he was like i think at some point maybe uh around the holiday se- the holiday the halloween season i will probably check out the remake just because i'm curious yeah i might check it out too well thanks for joining me man this was fun jeremy thank you so much buddy this was a, a blast and uh it's fun to just cross off one of the one of the black hole films that i have in my life right it's gone it's now it's a bright star Yay! Well, we'll do it again at some point. Would love to. Would love to, buddy. Let's all go to the. Thanks for joining us for The Omen. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter at LonJeremy and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.